Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time for Dirt and Sprague. I've never been on live television before, but apparently sometimes I don't watch the sh- I don't watch the news. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. Because I'm a kid and apparently every time, apparently Grandpa just gives me a remote after he watched the Powerball. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. We'll probably sit around and cook some soups and eat bread and desserts and just get all fat and sassy. The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here on the Odyssey app. 1080 The Fan, 99.5 HD2. Did our show get podcasted yesterday? I saw people tweeting us. I believe it did. I think it eventually got up. Yes. I saw it. One of the biggest Mondays of the football season for us. We're not sure. Everything's working, baby. Okay. All right. Everything's working fine this morning. I am uh, (laughs) am editing and pulling the podcast from hour one now. Uh, Congratulations to everybody. We did it. We finally did it. We'll have enough sex to populate this earth to 8 billion people. 8 billion people? We've officially reached the 8 billion plateau here Mm -hmm. on planet Earth. It's too many, ma'am. Is it? It's a lot of people. It's going to be more. That's a lot of people. You think we'll be alive for nine billion? Uh, when did we hit seven billion? It's a great question. I don't. I feel like the nerd over there would know. No, I'll I, Google it. No, Your I, father's got to be so disappointed in you. When did we hit seven All that billion? Science. How do you not October know? October of, of two thousand and eleven. Really? So it took us about eleven years. 11, when did we years. get six billion? I'd want to see if so right. did we it's, saw. It's, it's exponential. It's not a. 1999. So you're going about every 11, so every 12 11 years. years, we get a billion people. So 11 or 12 years from now, we're going to get to 9 billion. Why are people always worried on the Internet about population decline then? I don't Because of the know. amount of resources it consumes to support the human lifestyle. Wait. What? <laughs> Are you talking? You're talking. People are worried about like people not having babies anymore. Yeah, we yeah, see yeah, like yeah. in Japan, He's, and China. Yeah, his, his, yeah, he, yeah. We should be more worried about overpopulating the planet and yeah. less people should. Not have according children. to Elon Musk, the owner of Twitter and yeah, Tesla. We need fewer people and not SpaceX. More people. That's a big thing. It's a thing. The decline of population, I guess. I yeah. We just hit eight billion. How many people can this planet hold before it just starts sinking into space? I'd say about eight billion is probably further. where we're at. Eight billion tops it out. One more. You had one more. (laughs) Like the final step on the scale. Do the math here. So if it's every 11 years we gain a billion, how old will you be in the next three billion? So it'd be... But by the time we hit nine billion, I'll be 44. I'd be 60... You're talking about three billion? I'd be 68 when we get three more billion people. Okay. All right. 
Damn, 11 billion people. You're an old fart, man. Yeah, but I might not be dead. I mean, you might not be. Who knows? I could oh. live another 11 years. We get another billion people, and now we're at 12 billion, and I'm super old. It's too many, man. Too many. It's a lot of people. A lot of people. I, I get anxiety now when I get in public because I just feel like there's a lot more people. It's just <laughs> shoulders, shoulders, people everywhere. There's nowhere to go, man. I want some peace and quiet. All <laughs> I'm right? tired of traffic. I'm going to put my foot up on my front porch. <laughs> Nobody bother me. Uh, we mentioned Jeff Saturday and how ridiculous the takes were from people about, you know, you you know how much time it takes to coach. Uh, he's one to know. Whatever you think his impact was Sunday, probably wasn't much. He's one to know. He was a rah rah guy. He clapped a lot, and they won the game. I think it goes to show, like if you got good assistant coaches and you've got a somewhat decent roster, you can win football games in the National Football League. Yep. That being said, that game broke the Raiders. <laughs> They are a broken franchise, and, and and don't hesitate to say so. Look no further than the starting quarterback, who this was him in the postgame. Uh, I, love, I love Josh. I love the car. I love our coaches. Um, they've had nothing but success, you know, way more success than I've ever had, you know. And uh, Not as a head coach. You know, I'm sorry. Derek, um, you know, I'm, sorry. to finish that, Sorry for being emotional. I'm just pissed off about some of the things, you know, that a lot of us try and do just to practice what we put our bodies through just to sleep at night. And for that to be the result of all that effort pisses me off. Pisses a lot of guys off. It's hard. Knowing what <clears throat> some guys are doing. Like I said, just to practice what they're putting in their body just to sleep at night. Like just so we can be there for each other. <laughs> and I wish everybody in that room felt the same way about this place. <laughs> and as a leader, that pisses me off. If I'm being honest. So you don't know what they have to do. Just yeah. sleep at night, just so we can be there for each other. Right. But it pisses me off that not everybody here is buying it. Right. So we're all in for each other, but we're not Does in for each other. Does it feel like if there was a sequel to Any Given Sunday, that was a scene <laughs> from it, talking to Tony D? It felt like a bit much, did it not? Am, am yeah. I alone here? The... I mean, he's got he wears eyeliner. He's got to be a little dramatic. That's who Derek Carr is. The whole Josh McDaniels thing, I love I loved Josh. He's had more success than I've... No, as an offensive coordinator, that doesn't count. He's been horrible as a head coach everywhere he's gone. He took the Colts job, and he didn't even end up taking the job. He accepted it. He was going to be the next Colts coach, and he backed out on it. Like, this is on you for not hiring just the guy that got you to the playoffs last Rich year. Rich Basaccia? Basaccia. They, yeah. they went through more turmoil and up and down and roller coaster of a kind of season than any team I can remember in recent NFL history. It was a pretty crazy season. And they found a way to overcome it and make the playoffs as an AFC team and damn near beat the eventual AFC champions in the wildcard round in Cincinnati. They had four shots inside the 10-yard line to win that wildcard playoff game. And the Bengals ended up in the Super Bowl, damn near winning the whole thing. That's where they were last year. You had that guy that brought the locker room together, that showed that he knows how to be a head coach in this league, that was respected by everybody, and you just said, no, we're going to go hire a failed offensive coordinator from New England. That now has everybody wondering, is he, is he there just to tank the Raiders, and then he's going to return to New England once he gets fired? Because he's going to get fired eventually. This is not going to work out. Well, Mark Davis disagrees with you. Yesterday he said, quote, I like Josh. I think he's doing a fantastic job. That's why I hired him. 
We did an exhaustive search and found the person we believe is going to bring the Raiders to greatness. As far as Josh goes, I have no issues. I'm getting to know him a lot better. When you sign someone to a contract, don't you expect him to fulfill the contract? He says, life isn't static, it's fluid. You want to win at the end of the year and be the one holding the trophy. Obviously, we're not there yet. I know it's frustrating for the fan base. I feel for them. I'm a fan as well. Should be noted, Jim Irsay a few weeks ago publicly said, our staff, we support and back our staff. <laughs> and that's so that worked out. This is the pseudo kiss of death. Davis was actually, he, somebody brought that up and said, don't you think by talking publicly about supporting a coach, there's kind of this kiss of death thing that exists? And he said, uh, I signed him to a contract, and I publicly supported him that day, and he's still here. So the Raiders were broken by Jeff Saturday, Matt Ryan running for 39 yards, and Derek Carr is crying now in the postgame, telling us how hard it is to be a football player, and the <laughs> owner's publicly backing his coach, which is usually the first sign of, I'm going to fire this guy. Yeah, I, just, I don't know how you get the read on this any other way than he's lost the locker room. I, it's a really bad look right now. And, and of all the reasons for the Raiders to be down, if you would have told me they would be down because the AFC West is a gauntlet and it's going to be a brutal division, I could see that in August, right? Yeah, I, I make, you know, hey, Russell Wilson's in town. The Chargers are kind of an up-and-coming team. Like, I get that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just going to miss the playoffs because the division is so damn tough. They're going to miss the playoffs because they suck. The division is not very good. Kansas City is who we thought they were. The Chargers have more injuries than anybody in the NFL. You already lost to them head-to-head. And Denver is the worst offense, I think, in the last 10 years in the NFL points per game-wise. They're horrible. They can't beat anybody. And so to be in that position and not be able to capitalize, it's, it's, it's a really bad look for the Raiders, especially when they had such a good season last year and a lot of offseason momentum. They have taken a giant step back this year. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know where you go from here. Like... What do you do with Carr? Carr hasn't been great. No, he hasn't been great. I, I Look, we've debated Derek Carr, I feel like, a lot over the last year. Where is he in the NFL hierarchy? I, I will say... I was told he was a Hall of Famer this, this offseason. We told that, you he was a Hall of Famer? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. There was a radio host after us that said he's a Hall of Famer, and you guys just don't want to acknowledge it. Oh, okay. That's I, aging like sour milk right now. Where someone was right, where someone was wrong. By the way, the Broncos, in which you speak, they, <laughs> they currently rank last in scoring and first in points allowed. It's it's never happened, according to football perspective, in the 32-team era. Yep. The only team to finish with the fewest points scored and the fewest points allowed was the 1946 Steelers. Gambling note. Bet the under of every Denver Bronco game the rest of the season. I I tried. I didn't try, but I you were looking for a pick on Friday. I believe I said, uh, yeah, I kind of look at the over. I remember that London game. They scored 14 <laughs> points ah, in the second half. Ah, they woke up in the second half. And then they got a bye week, and they came back and scored 10 points total for the whole game. Against a not very good statistically defense in the Tennessee Titans. He's just broken. I mean, talk about Derek Carr being broken. Russell Wilson is fundamentally broken right now. There's a lot of quarterbacks that are going through it this year. I, I think Carr and Wilson are probably at the top of that list. What's what's our five, our top five quarterbacks going through it list here? It'd, it'd be Russell Wilson one. Russell Wilson one. Derek Carr Derek probably Carr two. two. Uh, I'm going to put Dak in there because Dallas's record is good, but a lot of those games were won without Dak. In fact, most of them were won without Dak. Uh, and he's not see. having a good year. 
Can we? Th- I mean, Brady's been through a divorce, although he's undefeated since the divorce. Even though Giselle was spotted seen with a personal trainer, that's good. That, he's a only getting master. I'm now a believer again in Brady. This was this was the spurned love that he needed to turn his season around. I text this to my dad. He's going to win that crap division. They're going to barely be <laughs> over 500. He's going to host a playoff game. He's going to win the divisional. He's going to go win the wild card weekend. He's going to go on the road then divisional round. And you're not going to want to bet against him. You will, and then he'll beat you. And then you'll go, oh, Tom Brady's in the NFC Championship game with one of the worst teams I've seen in a long time. It's totally going to be Bucks, 49ers in the NFC title game. I, I would throw my boy in there. I think Herbert's going through it a lot Herbert's this year. Herbert's definitely in he there. He had the chest injury. Yeah. And now people are believing that Tua is better than him, and he's playing without three starting offensive linemen, his top two wide receivers, his number two tight end, his defense has oh. no healthy defensive linemen left. Rodgers has got to be in this. Rodgers is Rogers probably having there. a bad year. Yeah. Is there anybody else? I don't know if I put Brady in it because Brady's going to at least have success. We're talking about quarterbacks that are not having success at all. Yeah, who are struggling. Uh, no, that's probably Kyler Murray, maybe. He's gone through it a little bit this year. Stafford, too. Stafford Stafford's Murray. been hurt and hasn't played well. Talk about the West, man. In the Oof. AFC and the NFC, Oof. both major disappointments. I mean, the AFC West is as simple as saying the Chargers might sneak in, but that's, the Chiefs have won that division. The Broncos are done and the Raiders are done. And the NFC West... It's it's a two team race. The other two teams are trash. Like I'm yeah. sorry, the Rams aren't turning this around, and the Cardinals nope. are awful. So it's the Seahawks nope. and 49er race. Yep, and I would pick the 49ers to win that race. I would too. That was a big win for them. They're only a half game behind them now in the standings. They already have a head head win over them. It's setting up for quite the game that I get to go to on Thursday night football in December. It's gonna be it could be a huge game depending on what happens with. I mean, obviously both teams before that, but there's a really good chance the division is on the line that night when they play. Uh, Dan Landing had this takeaway from losing to Washington, and Kalen DeBoer observed some. Something in the game that helped them. I want to get to that before we talk with Jeremy Clark, who's a TCU insider. They keep winning every week, and they're in the college football playoff. We find out the rankings tonight during the college basketball halftime show, and uh, we got the mail sack to get to. Dirt and Sprague, a lot more uh, next on the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Jeremy Clark covers TCU. is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. 
Uh, some Oregon dealings to get to here. Devilsdigest.com reported a couple days ago that Kenny Dillingham has emerged as a prime target for Arizona State's football head coaching vacancy. And there's a story about the timeline for his process to materialize and who is expected to be on Dillingham's staff should he be hired in Tempe. All speculation, of course, but it is a report. Devil's Digest, uh, we've had him on before. Isn't that, uh, what's our guy's name? Uh, 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 Han? Han. Does that sound right? Yeah, it's a it's a uh, unique name. That's yeah, and certain. he's a good dude. He, yeah, he's great. It's a rival's oh, website. Oh, yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, Hod. Hod Rabino. Hod Rabino. Hod Rabino runs Devil's Digest. Does a great job. It's, you know, it's a pretty trusted source, and you threw it out there a couple weeks ago, Dirt, but according to them, Dillingham, top of their list, and why not? He's, he's 32. He can call offense. Go to a sexy, splashy place like uh, Arizona State. Put a staff together and see what happens. You got nothing else to lose. You just hired like an 80-year-old guy who was on television. <laughs> he sucked. Could you go more opposite of a Herm Edwards hire to a Kenny Dillingham hire? Like that is the complete opposite end of the spectrum. An old dude who doesn't know what he's doing, who shouldn't be a head coach anymore, and a young and up-and-coming, exciting head coach that would actually, I would hope, at least inspire your, your fan base a little bit. I've been on this train all year, man. I, I think Kenny Dillingham has had an unbelievable season. You know how? I felt on Saturday, I thought he got a little too cute at times and the offense wasn't executing, but every first-year offensive coordinator calling plays is going to have those ups and downs, and this would be a great hire in my mind if I'm Arizona State. I thought about your your point you made on the getting too cute thing, the, what do they call that, the, uh, the swinging, swinging door. gate. They went the swinging, swinging gate, gate on third down and one, and they fumbled the snap. Yeah, you, you put like seven guys out, and then you bring them back in, and then you run, run a traditional yeah. run play. You know, I thought about that, and you're probably not wrong, but I did think... You know, if they just handle a simple snap, that play's probably working. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the point that I was trying to make was that, and I was uh, looking at the play clock as they were coming. It was just rushed. Just do what you do and they, don't yeah. rush. It's third and yeah. one. Just go line sure. up in your eye formation, put Herbert in there at fullback, and turn around and hand the damn ball off. Sure. You're going to fall forward for two yards and pick up the first down every time. Uh, that being said, he's had a great year as the play caller for yep. Oregon, and... I won't be surprised if they go this avenue, man. I, that's kind of what – I mean, the football model's only doing it. They're already saying, hey, Kyle Shanahan, he's in his you know, he's in his late 30s, early, early 40s. Here you go. Sean McVay, you're in your mid-30s. Come on, be a coach. Cliff Kingsbury, like, not all of those guys have had success, but those are a couple. Matt LaFleur and Green Bay's had success so far. So yeah, Age is just a number. It doesn't matter how old you are. I mean, you saw it with the Colts. I know the Colts might not be a real contender or anything, but I saw a decent chunk of their game, and I know they scored 25 points. Their offense looked substantially different, and that offense was called by a 31-year-old. So, a dude who's never called plays before. And they gave him like a little you know, post-game celebration in the locker room. So I just think the game is naturally – there's a lot of young people in this game with analytical models. Um, I know this sounds with a little bit of video game now, and then you add like watching guys like Chip Kelly in their youth. I I I'm I love the idea of going young in spots like that. Hell, Jonathan Smith isn't the oldest guy, but he's fairly young as a coach. So yeah, when he got the job, especially I mean he's older now, but when he got hired, he was a really young dude. Absolutely. So I, I think this would be a smart move by Arizona State. You have nothing to lose. You're not would you rather have Matt Rule or Kenny Dillingham? <sighs> I think I'd rather roll the dice on Dillingham. I know he's so young. That but... I don't know about. Matt Rule is a pretty damn good college coach. He was a good college coach, but 
That's I, that to me is not Herm Edwards. That's not like a Carl Durrell retread. That's a guy no. who was really good in college. That was just a few years ago. He was in college. It's just Matt Rule. That stank from that Carolina situation. What so happened he, there? Here's man? yeah, I, I know, but we've seen a lot of those guys that have gone to the NFL and failed and come back and had success again immediately oh, in college. Saban's right? prime example. Number Saban's one, a right? great example of it. I know it took Chip a while, but Chip is finally got UCLA back and relevant. We'll see where it goes from here. But it, it took a couple of years, and now they're good again. I think the only question, if you're ASU, is do you want somebody that you that is a known commodity? You, like maybe you could argue the the ceiling is higher for Kenny Dillingham, right? Like there's more upside. He's a young guy, could be a better recruiter, better offensive mind, all that, right? You can make a lot of those arguments. It's also a complete unknown. You don't know how he's going to be as a head coach, and you don't know until you hire a guy and you see how he operates week in and week out. But all of this being said, I mean, it's it would be a devastating blow for Oregon because he has been a great recruiter. He has made Oregon offense fun again for the first time since, like, 2016 with Vernon Adams. It's been a long time. And this is always going to be the issue when you hire a defensive-minded head coach is that you got to go then find a new offensive coordinator. Every time you hire a good one, it's a great sign that he's one for one, and it took, what, nine games for his offensive coordinator to start showing up in head coaching circles when what was everybody saying when he hired him last December? Who? Kenny Dillingham? That's who you're going with? Look at the numbers of Florida State. They're not great. Like Everybody poo-pooed this hire because this guy's never called plays before, and now less than a year later he's a candidate for a Pac-12 job. Um, so it, it's a, it's a tough blow, but he's one for one in hiring OCs if it is to happen, and so you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. If, if you don't get Matt Rule, I would imagine it's because Auburn calls Matt Rule. Auburn unveiled their new facilities, and I I know we've said this, we've kind of just thrown this around. I honestly think Auburn has the best facilities in the country. I I saw this, and th- these facilities they just unveiled are unbelievable, and I say that given all these other facilities that are also you know, otherworldly, but like Auburn just introduced new facilities and they were um, amazing. And so maybe Matt Rule is more destined for a bigger job than Arizona State. And I think that's why Dillingham would make sense. Arizona State's not a big job. That's not a great job. But that is a job that if you get the right offensive guy, they got some offensive players in the desert. I could see that fit making a lot of sense. Whereas everything you said about Matt Rule, I agree with at the college level. He might be destined for a slightly bigger job. The head coach of the Oregon Ducks, though, um, uh, Dan Lanning did his post, his Monday presser and was asked just what's your response to to losing to Washington? How you're feeling about it? Twenty four hours later, here was Dan Lanning's thought. Oh man, there's so many. You know, there's so many things that uh, I wish I could go back and do different. You know, there's some moments where I felt like I got a little selfish um, and looking for something that you know I felt like was there and and really at the opportunity time it wasn't. You know, and medicine doesn't always taste good. Right. And that's one thing we talked to our players about the day. You know, there was a lot of coaches drinking medicine yesterday. Right. And Sunday in that office. And you know what? It doesn't always taste good, but you better be able to accept it and attack it. And there's a lot of things that me personally as a coach myself that I can go do better. There's a lot of things that our coaching staff can do better and a lot of things that our players can do better. And I think when you're in an environment where it's about growth, you know, we've actually experienced something similar before where it didn't go the way we wanted to go. And our guys attacked it really well. And our coaches attacked it really well. And the only thing I know to do when something doesn't go right is go to work. And that's kind of always worked for me, right? So Saturday night when the game was over, as much as I felt like going to the back room and not spending any time with anybody, you know what I did? I went and recruited, right? And then Sunday morning, I got my ass up really early and got every ounce of film graded and then did what? Some more recruiting, right? And then did some evaluations of our performance and did a quality control report on what we can do better and how we can be better. And then that night, guess what we were doing more of? Recruiting, right? And finding opportunities to make our program better, touching base with our players, um, looking for ways for us to, to grow. So again, 
the result was not what we wanted. You have to give them credit for doing a good job, and you have to look. It's called hard facts, man. It's the hard truths. you got to look at the things that you could have done better as a coach to prepare our team and perform better in that environment. So a lot of opportunities for growth, and I'm certainly going to attack it. Uh, Kalen DeBoer was asked about the onside kick attempt by Oregon, and he said he noticed that the jersey numbers of certain Oregon players were not where they should be on kickoff, and it was their tell about that an onside kick was coming. And I just thought, God, these guys have no lives outside of coaching. And here it is. There it is. It paid off. Like To note that kind of detail in the moment, to be thinking like, oh, yeah, number 10 supposed to be down there, number 13's over here. Like That's crazy detail. But I thought that was a good answer from Landing of evaluating what he didn't do well, how he can change some of that. And he's a psycho, and so he instantly went on the recruiting path. <laughs> I mean, it was a big recruiting weekend for them. They had a lot of big-time kids in town, and that, that kind of put some salt in the wound of, of the loss on Saturday night. I mean, this is, this is all you can do as a head coach is come out and own it. You put it on yourself. You don't blame your players. And there were certainly areas where he did not have his best game. And you're going to go through ups and downs with a first-year head coach. It's a learning experience Are for you him. concerned about the defense being as bad as it, as it was with I your defensive-minded coach? I can in your one. Because I think a lot of that is you can only scheme so far. If you don't have the Jimmys and Joes, they're not going to be able to, to hang. And the defense has been an issue all season. I wasn't necessarily surprised. Washington was the perfect kryptonite for the weakness of Oregon's defense. They throw the ball better than anybody you can argue in the country. They're the number one passing offense in the country. And so you pair that with what Oregon's weakness is, not pressuring the quarterback, not being able to cover very well. Uh, maybe in hindsight we should have seen that kind of result coming a little bit more. Uh, but I, I love the way that he attacked it. I love the way that he responded. And I love the way that he pointed the finger at himself because he did a lot of things wrong on Saturday night. And as a head coach, you just hope you learn from him and you move on. And we'll see if he can. I ask you this because I don't know. Do they have Jimmy's and Joe's coming on the defense, defensive side of the ball? Because I've seen some playmakers. I know the offense number one offensive lineman was in town this weekend. They're working on it. <laughs> They're working on well, it. I mean, that's the part, right? If you're yeah. going to be the defensive guy, you don't have Jimmy's and Joe's. You need the Jimmy's and Joe's. You got to go get them. So they still don't have Jimmy's and Joe's yet. I mean, the recruiting class is fine. I mean, it's not you know star-studded with five-star recruits on the defensive side of the ball, but they had they had a number one defensive tackle in the country in town yesterday. He's a Texas A&M commit. Uh, not yesterday, but Saturday. So you, you had a lot of those kind of guys, and it's up to them to see how they finish in that class. Uh, all right. We'll have more football stuff to get into. TCU is going to be number four in the latest college football playoff rankings tonight. They're going to do it at the halftime of a college basketball game. And so let's talk with Jeremy Clark. Is TCU going to lose a game? Or are they really going to do this? Is TCU for real as a playoff team? Jeremy Clark covers TCU. Don't forget the mail sack at 815. A lot more to get into. Uh, Daily Ticker is next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague is brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. All right, Daily Ticker Time here on a Tuesday, brought to you on the fan by Pelican Brewing Company, born at the beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. we got to talk about the biggest story in college football this year, and that is the TCU Horny Frogs. Those frogs are indeed horny, and they are undefeated still. We'll find out tonight where they rank in the college football playoff rankings. Joining us now is Jeremy Clark of the hornfrogblitz.com, 247sports, at jclarkhfb247 on Twitter. Jeremy, good morning to you. We keep saying every week, like, ah, it's probably going to come to an end. Ah, this is probably the week it happens. Ah, this is probably they keep winning. Like at, at what point? Like are they doing this? Are they going undefeated? We'll see. I mean, this is a team that has a ton of resiliency. I mean, I, every week that you count them out, they just surprise people. They get down against Oklahoma State. They get down against K State. Everyone's thinking, hey, this game against Texas is going to be really hard for them because Texas is playing good football. You've got a hype crowd down there, and they just mm-hmm. go down there and just completely surprise everyone and, and just show a really good defensive effort everyone talks about their offense but man the defense against Longhorns was exceptional and, and right now I really do feel like this team does have a lot of uh, momentum going for them right now and they've got a tough Baylor game this week they've got Iowa State and the Big 12 championship of course but yeah if they could just keep playing week-to-week football I think they have a very good chance to kind of get into that college football playoff talk. Uh, Jeremy why has it worked so well for Sonny Dyke so quickly there? I think the buy-in from these players, I think if you look at the roster last year, they had a lot of good players coming back. They have a lot of experience. I think when you talk football, it starts in the trenches and you look at their offensive line, they're very experienced, especially on the interior at center and at at both guard positions. They've got a quarterback that's playing exceptionally well right now, Max Duggan. He's a guy that has played a lot of college football. You've got a really good running back in Kendra Miller and uh, a defensive squad that doesn't have that that player that just makes 
all this clippings and everything else where people just talk about this one particular player, but they're just a, a group of 11 guys that just seem to be making a lot of plays. But I, I think just going back to the buy-in, I mean, there's just a lot of things that Sonny Docks has done different at TCU than, than what Gary Patterson did. And that's not a knock on Gary. That's just, uh, you, you know, sometimes players do need a change of uh, philosophy. They need a change of scenery. And whereas you get some players hitting the portal, some players do stay patient and they wait to see what this coaching staff can do. And I think the, the one surprising thing that, that I saw in this day and age of college football transfer portal is that at the start of spring ball to the conclusion of spring ball, you only had one guy hit the portal for TCU, and that's just amazing uh, in its own self. So it, it, it just keeps going back to – those guys listening to what he had to say about coaching and uh, the, the, the different philosophies that he has and, and the assistant coaches, he's done a phenomenal job of building a really, really good coaching staff. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Jeremy Clark on a TCU still undefeated and trying to crash that college football playoff party. If I would have, you know, shockingly, Jeremy, we, we didn't talk much TCU in the preseason. They were they were not necessarily on our radar. Were they in your top 25 preseason? Dirt? I'll have to go back and look. I don't think so. I, wow. I don't believe that they were. If I would have told you in That's August, crazy, isn't it? It's if I like if I if we brought you on in August, say, hey Jeremy, they're going to be ten and zero. They're going to be two wins away from an undefeated regular season. What would your reaction have been? There's no way. I mean, I, I mean, you're talking <laughs> to the guy that's covered the program. I've covered these guys since '05, and that's not a knock on those guys. I mean, like I said, they have a, a lot of great kids, a lot of talent, and the coaching staff is really good. But I, I you know, at the beginning of the season, I thought that, Hey, if they come in here and they get this thing turned around to six and six yeah. as the floor and eight and four is the ceiling, they're doing a really good job because this is a team that let's face it, they haven't played good football the last four years. And so I don't think anyone could have been expecting a 10 and no start and number four in the playoff ranking. And it's kind of like the beginning of football when everyone was talking about Kansas at the same time, no one could really predict what TCU and especially Kansas was doing early in the season. So yeah, this is uh it's been a welcome surprise to a lot of people. Well we assume, Jeremy, that tonight we're gonna find out that they're number four in the ranking again, that no movement happens because Georgia won and Ohio State Michigan are right there. But I think the beauty is Ohio State Michigan play each other. You assume TCU takes care of business, they're gonna avoid Georgia at least in the first round of the college football playoffs. So there's an opportunity for a playoff win there because I mean, we're being honest, Georgia feels like they're in a different world than the rest of the college football world right now. But I do want to ask you, going into the playoff, the next two weeks are pucker weeks, right? TCU fan is telling themselves, hey, Baylor scored three points this past weekend. They're probably going to somehow score 25. Like, these are the weeks that you get nervous. You don't overlook Iowa State and Baylor. But it had to have felt good for a TCU fan to see them win in the fashion in which they did. I know the game was being made fun of on Twitter because it wasn't a high-scoring affair, but this is a team that's put up points in offense all year, and it almost they look like such a different team. They won a different way, and I think that's the kind of sign of a great team, is it not, is to be able to play two different styles of football. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you look at the first time the playoff rankings came out, they were ranked number seven, and what was the big knock on them? That they were playing unbalanced defense, and they were having to come back in some of these games, and the defense basically took it in the shorts, uh, so to speak. They had a huge chip on their shoulders. And the last two weeks since that ranking came out, they've played well against Texas Tech. Texas Tech got a very late score uh, with under a minute remaining in that game. It was 34-17 late in the ball game. And then last week against Texas, I mean, what greater way to go out and show that you are a tough physical team? I mean, that is that is an offense, guys. I mean, you guys watch college football. They have, Quinn Ewers is a young guy, but he is going to be an extremely talented quarterback as mm-hmm. he gets older. But 
Let's talk about Bijan Robinson for a second. Bijan Robinson is widely considered the number one running back in the nation. There's when you talk about who's the top running back, who's the top draftable running back, he's always the guy I mentioned. They held him to 29 yards on 12 carries, and Texas fans are saying, well, why didn't we run the ball more with Bijan or Roshan Johnson? They couldn't <laughs> run anywhere. There was nowhere to run, guys. I mean, TCU did a phenomenal job plugging those gaps. They really sent a message to, to a lot of people that felt like, hey, TCU's just known for offense, but you shut down a high-flying offense like that, this is a team that scored 17 on Alabama, and what did we hear all that week after the Alabama game when Texas lost? They said, if Quinn Ewers wouldn't have got hurt, they'd probably beat Alabama. But now all of a sudden that TCU's shutting them down, TCU's defense was okay, but Texas really wasn't playing good offense. So I think TCU did a lot to uh, to wake up some doubters uh, on Saturday night. And you know what? Baylor <laughs> Baylor's going to be a tough game. That, that, that was a game last year that TCU knocked them uh, out of their playoff hopes. It was a game that TCU had no business winning, and they end up upsetting the top ten Baylor team. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, – retribution for uh, Baylor to try to get this win and maybe try to ruin TCU season this year. Well, I mean, on that note too, Jeremy, it's one of the things I love so much about this story is that it we, we always lean on past and prestige programs, and that's how we view these things. And, and when in reality, it doesn't always mean anything, right? Like Texas, how many years have they been overhyped and underdelivered in a row? And yet here we are again where it's like, well, maybe, maybe Texas just had an off night. Maybe they didn't play their best. TCU is a damn good team. Now, let me ask you this. Two games to go in the regular season, no matter what happens they're already in the big 12 championship game uh and i believe there's still four teams technically alive one of them could be eliminated if tcu beats them this weekend in baylor is there a matchup that they're eyeballing that they maybe want more than the others like kansas state oklahoma state i think texas is to texas is still technically alive is there a matchup there that they want well if they do they haven't said it publicly um it's for someone that covers the team and, and maybe maybe a fan base i think you would like to see them uh play a kansas state because Kansas State, let's let's be honest, if, if you want to get in the college football playoff, you want to leave no doubt. And I think Kansas State leaves no doubt. If they if they match up against them in the Big 12 championship and, and you get that win, then that's going to solidify their spot. Because they're, they're still, even though TCU's unbeaten right now and there's talk of them going 13-0, there's still that slight chance, hey, can Tennessee get in there over them? Or can USC get in over them? I mean, just any of those teams with one loss right now, for TCU fans, they remember 2014. They remember being 12-1 and one and playing really, really good football and being left out of that conversation. So there's always a, there's always a, a, a caveat there to where if you go out and you want to be part of the best, you got to go out and beat the best. And so I think Kansas State right now presents that biggest challenge for them. And, and really, I think TCU matches up really well with them as far as the scheme. And um, this is a team that they were down 28-10 at one point, and they were able to come back and, and win. So – I think uh, if you look at those matchups, I think Kansas State's probably going to be the most likely one. Mm-hmm. Gary Patterson, Jeremy, had had this program humming for a long time and had a lot of success. Sonny Dykes may go to the playoff in, in year one. It, would a season like this change anything for them fundamentally as a program? And what I mean by that is the NIL world is huge. You're obviously seeing in-state with Texas, obviously Texas A&M, uh, Oklahoma up the road in a different state. Like You're seeing all around TCU programs diving in and 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 boosters stepping in and building bigger rosters does a playoff change maybe the the fundraising the boosting like does anything big come from tcu where they can build off this and maybe establish themselves in the big 12 in a spot where there's so many vulnerable teams right now well i think if you look at where the nil is today and and the biggest one of the biggest reasons why 
Sonny Dykes' here is because his his ability to navigate through all that. He understood that at SMU and um, through his ability to do the NIL and, and, and understand the importance of it and, and really the transfer portal, that's a that's a huge reason Sonny Dykes is over here. But, yeah, I think if you look at where TCU is right now, the, the thought of is after Texas and Oklahoma leaves, why can't TCU be the program that's going to sit on top of the mountain? And, and, and when you look at that, when you look at the resources they have around here, TCU has a really good NIL initiative that no one really talks about because they don't go out publicly and, and talk about, hey, we're, playing our, we're paying our offensive linemen this much. We're paying our quarterbacks this much. They don't really go out and, and say all those things. So I, I think if you look at the way the conference is setting up, when you lose the teams like Texas and Oklahoma, and you've got a TCU and DFW, you've got – them in the one of the hottest recruiting markets in, in, in the nation as far as uh, just finding talented skill for athletes you can you can really build a team within the DFW market and not have to go outside it so there's a lot of there's a lot of things that TCU's going to be able to sell they've got great facilities down here they've got more facilities coming on the way and this playoff run for them is just going to keep opening eyes a lot more I mean they're they're in recruiting battles with with Texas with Texas A&M right now and they're probably going to truthfully get some of those flips late in the process because people are going to want to become part of this program because they see that the ceiling is nowhere close to being touched right now, even though they're on the verge of a college football playoff. Yeah, it's a really cool story in college football this year. We'll see where they rank. Shouldn't be any different from last week, I would hope, after another big win on the road in Texas on Saturday. Two games to go for TCU to finish the regular season. Undefeated Jeremy Clark covers TCU at jclarkhfb247hornfrogblitz.com. I appreciate the time, man. I'm sure it's been a blast to cover this team. And, hey, if it continues, we'll have to do this again soon. Thanks for the time here in Portland. I appreciate it, you guys. There you go. Jeremy Clark. What a great story TCU is. It's been a lot of fun to follow all season. Let's get to a couple of notes on college football. The playoff rankings come out tonight. Where are some teams going to fall? Are we expecting any surprises? And a couple of leftovers from the college football weekend. That's next on The Fan. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, welcome back in. I got some other NFL stuff to get to top of the hour. The Blazers are back in action tonight. Yeah, they are. No, that's tomorrow. Tomorrow. I thought it was tonight. No, tonight. Sorry, tonight. tonight. Tuesday. Tonight. I lost track. I did a Tuesday, pod Monday. Thursday, Saturday, homestand. Are the Spurs any good? No. Cap. No, but they're interesting. They were down in Golden State last night. I saw that. They, they got the hammered. Run TMC teams. Yeah, Tim Hardaway got in trouble for a comedy made on the broadcast. Is that a rap? I didn't see. I just saw the headline. What did he say? I don't know. Okay. But Tim Hardaway's had some problematic language in the past. He has, yeah. I don't know who was trying to announce the names of the starting lineup for the Spurs, but it's probably Hardaway. They were butchering them left and right. Oh, that's not good. It was pretty funny. They got KD in town. Thursday. Yeah. 
Oh, this Thursday? Yep. Nice. No will anti-Semite. Will that be uh, Kyrie's return to no, action? No. It'd be kind of funny if it was. That's a really weird thing just hanging out there is that there's been no talk about when he is returning. And... Hey, don't worry. They sat down, all right? He's all good. No issues. The commissioner's Jewish, and he's like, <laughs> I don't know what to do here. It's like, really? Uh, also, get your mail sack <laughs> questions in 503-250-1080. The playoff rankings come out tonight. Will Oregon State be back in the top 25? Damn right. Okay. It should be. Six Pac-12 teams should be in the rankings. I have Six? to admit to you guys, I, that? I, I've come to the conclusion, I don't. I think the history of the show would suggest that I don't do this. I, I just really firmly believe after this weekend, I think they are a position away from re- being the best team in this conference. I really do. I, I love it. You chuckle, but like, love it, if they man. had any competent quarterback play, why would they not be in that conversation? Why would they not be there with Utah? Why would they not be there for USC, Oregon? At least USC and, and Washington, you could see those games being a different result with somebody who, one, avoided big mistakes, and two, could make a play when you needed them. I mean, them literally to make a just have a yeah. quarterback. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. Could make a throw. That'd be nice. Okay. I love it. Top 25 team. I feel uh, like you really poo pooed that statement. <laughs> not I'm with you. They have the best you. defense in the conference. They, yes. they do have a pretty good defense. Most yeah. consistent defense. They have certainly. playmakers all over. They got a stud running back. They've got great run by. I don't know what I'm missing. <laughs> what am I why are you laughing? What am I missing here? It feels weird to say, I know, because I was there for like the last couple weeks, but I think they're a quarterback away, and that's what sucks about this season is this could have been the special year. I know. I mean, it still is a good, good year. A great, it's still year. a good year. You could finish nine and three. Yeah, but you you could be ten and two. Look at you, not okay with nine and three. No, 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 no. I'm okay with this team. As How is. arrogant could you be? I'd be. Well, I'd you don't be. want to play for Rose Bowls anymore either. I doesn't mean anything to you. <laughs> it's a failure of a season. <laughs> nine and three is a failure now. You missed no. Jordan yesterday saying Oregon's have a failure of a season. No, I actually heard that when I was uh, driving in. <sighs> yeah. I don't allow myself to do it often. And but like, I go, oh, that's cute. Uh, who Somebody who didn't experience Duck and Beaver through ooh, the he, 70s. He would actually oh, yeah. yell at you for that. He said he was a he was I mean, can we stop going kid. back to the 70s? I don't mean to make an age joke here, Swigard. That was a long time ago. It yeah, was. A long but time ago. Long time ago. I, I mean, Oregon's been a really good program now for like 35 years. Yeah, that's it's that's a long, but I, more I, than my entire lifetime. Look, I was alive in the toilet bowl. <laughs> yeah, no, that doesn't make it like something I, we should be referencing, no, though, in no, terms no. of. <laughs> well, look, I you know, modern I, day football. The Jordan thing, like I, I, I don't think this is an Oregon fan thing. I think this is a college football pro- playoff problem that has been put to every fan base across the country. Like games just don't mean what they used to mean. And that's, that is a byproduct of the college football playoff. I, if you were still that's in That's a funny way of putting it because usually when you talk about expanding the playoff, it's, it's, the, uh, it's the reverse argument. It's the games won't mean as much. Well, see, no, and I'm, now they mean too much to the point where you lose one game and you're like, well, great, now my season's a failure. Well, sure, yeah, and that's what I want to get rid of because I think it's dumb. I think there's a lot of good teams out there. Teams lose games. I mean, I, you're not Georgia. You're not Alabama, right? You're not at the top of the mountain, but good football teams. TCU is a great story this year. They very easily could have lost three or four of their games. Oh, yeah. It's been a miracle that yeah. they've won some of these, but they found a way to win them at the end. That doesn't mean that they're not one of the better teams and the better stories in college football. I, I think it's more of a byproduct of – 
like Fiesta Bowls and Sugar Bowls and Rose Bowls, they used to matter in the country because, hell, you go back far enough to the area you're talking about, there wasn't even a national championship game. No, no you just, you just you win your college. Co- you, and then like, you had the coaches poll and the UPI Nobody would make this argument poll. prior to 1998 because your only reward for winning the conference was playing in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Whether you were going to a national champion, like going to win a national championship or not, that was the pinnacle of what you could do every single year. And then 98 came along, and it was a BCS, and the new pinnacle was a championship. But it was a very close, like there was only two teams that would go. And so, hey, all right, we just got left out just short. You go to a Rose Bowl, it's still a huge deal. You know why? Because largely when you would go to a Rose Bowl, you would still play the Big Ten champion, unless the Big Ten champion was in the college or the BCS national title game. When Oregon went in 2019, Wisconsin finished like third in the Big Ten. They were like the fourth best team, but they went to the Big Ten championship. Yeah, because you need conference alignment. You need conference and, yeah, alignment. Yeah, 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 and it just yeah, it yeah. doesn't it didn't mean it's much. Yeah. Like this year might be a little different. I don't know if they're going to win the Pac-12 or not, but if they do, maybe you get a one-loss Michigan or a one-loss Ohio State, and that game's got a little juice to it. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I, I was thinking about that last night because people were texting, and I, my brother called me. He was like, hey, what's that guy's name? It's ran on your show yesterday. It's like, ah, oh, it's Jordan. He's film producer. He was firing from the hip. I but- mean, I think he's in – I think – I'm just trying He's to defend him. That I don't think it's an Oregon fan mindset. I think this is a college football wide mindset that they get. Hell, half the time these teams go to Fiesta Bowls and Sugar Bowls, half the roster doesn't even play. I mean, Ryan Day literally had to come out during the offseason and apologize for being a 10 and 2 team. Well, we lost too many games. It was a rebuilding Ex- year. Excuse me? It was a rebuilding year for them. You lost two games. You got to apologize for that. It's hard to win games in that league, in that, in that conference. And yeah. I, we're all on it today. Jordan thinks his team's a failure, and I think my team's the best team in the conference, but they I don't love have a quarterback. It, I love it, dude. Uh, so Oregon State, top 25, last one. Where is Oregon ranked? 13th, 12th, 11th? Where do we think they end up? I think they're out of the top 10 for sure. Um, Utah will probably be ahead of them. UCLA losing helps because they're going to fall down. They oh, lost UCLA, Arizona. They, and they hated UCLA. They were already at, in. what, 12 or 13, so they might, have, they might even be in the top 20 anymore. You know, I'm looking at it, Alabama... Clemson won this weekend, unfortunately. Penn State won. Did UNC beat Wake Forest? They did, yeah. Okay. One loss, UNC. I could see them somewhere, but yeah, they got to be like probably 12 or 13. 12 or 13. That, that would make sense, right. right? Above Ole Miss. But then you get UW fan that gets pissed that Oregon's ranked above them. <laughs> That's a two-loss team. Yeah. There's the head-to-head. <laughs> yeah, same thing. Bro. I did I not it. text you guys my pac power rankings. You did not. I'm waiting. I don't even know how to gauge this conference anymore. <laughs> it just cannibalizes itself. Uh, new rankings come out in the middle of a college basketball game, so if you want to watch that, that is today. Uh, we got a lot to get to in the final hour of the show. Mail sack coming up at 8.15, so get your uh, questions in 503-250-1080, sports or non-sports. We will answer them. i uh, got a couple of other NFL notes I want to get to, including maybe these guys weren't dead after all, and uh, Blazers back in action. It's going to be a load of final hour. Don't go anywhere. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. The- this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.